0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. How can one be born again? After having grown old. How can one be born again after having grown old? It's an honest question. It's a good question. Notice that Nicodemus here doesn't say, How can one be born again? He could have. How could anyone be born again? An infant, a teenager somebody in the prime of life. But Nicodemus's question is interesting. How can one be born again after having grown old? Maybe Nicodemus is on to something. Maybe Nicodemus understood that the hardest thing to change in the world is the construct of the human mind. And the hardest thing to change is the construct of a human mind that believes it has arrived. Sometimes, and this might be offensive, sometimes, as we age, we think we know everything. We've had life experience. We've made mistakes. We've accomplished things. How can one be born again after having figured it all out? Sure, maybe a younger person can be born again. But not me. Not me. I I mean, I'm Nicodemus. I'm a Pharisee. I, I have status and stature in society. I'm well in years. I've got it figured out. How can one be born again after having grown old and wise and mature? You see, his question is loaded because in ancient Israel, you longed to have the status of Nicodemus. Those with years under their belt were revered in society. Pharisees were looked at with great honor. He's learned with his faith. He's got it figured out. But yet, Jesus knows something. It's true for Nicodemus. It's true for us. It's true for everyone that we must be born again, we must be made new. We have to have our minds shaken. We have to. Or we fail to see the kingdom of God again and again and again and again. It doesn't matter if you're young or you're old. A hallmark of our God, a staple of our Lord, is the idea that we are always being made new. We're always being renewed. And it gets more difficult as we age. We get more set in our ways. We have more history behind us. Our patterns and our routines, well, they, they start to guide our lives. I think about this with my father-in-law. I love him. And I would share this if he was here. I wouldn't be ashamed. We have tried and tried and tried again to get my beloved father-in-law to change his eating habits. The man has his own sandwich at Frisch's named after him. I'm not joking. One day Jerry came over and he picked me up. Becca and I were just married. Knocked on the door early Saturday morning. She was working a shift in the hospital. I answered the door and there's Jerry. He said, get your clothes on. You're coming with me. I said, do I have a choice? No. Get your clothes on. You're coming with me. So we get in his Jeep and we drive right down the road and we we drive to Frisch's. Oh, we're getting Frisch's. Great. Yep, we're getting Frisch's. We drive through the drive through and I'm looking at the menu, and I'm thinking, what do I want? An egg sandwich. And, and I start to tell him what I want, and he says, no, 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 no. I'm ordering. Yes, Colonel. Yeah, uh, hey there. Uh, yeah, I'll take two, uh, two big sisters. I'm looking at the menu. There's no big sister on the menu. And instead of pulling around like a normal person does to pay at the window, he pulls out and he parks. What in the world are you doing? He said, oh, they'll bring it out. Lo and behold, seven minutes later, here comes a girl out the main door, frishes with a big sack, heart attack in a sack. Comes over, hey, Colonel. You, they, they, you know them? Yeah, oh yeah, they know me. We know each other. Here's your sandwiches hands him the sandwiches. I said, what is this? Well, it's egg, cheese, double bacon, ham, and sausage. Heart attack in a sack. I said, do you have a sandwich named after you at Frisch's? Well, yeah, I do. This is a man who's diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. This is a guy who's got some serious health challenges. Jerry's not changing easily. We know these stories, right? Whether it's our health or it's something else, we get stuck in our ways. We find these ruts. And we come up with a million excuses about why we're not going to change. It's not convenient. It's not easy. I don't want to, right? And now, as hard as it is sometimes to change our eating habits or our exercise routine, I think it's almost harder to change the construct of our minds. Once we've made up a story for ourselves or we've bought into a narrative, how hard is it for us to be made new, for us to see with fresh eyes, for us to feel with a new heart? And yet this is the heart of the Gospel. This is the heart of what God is seeking with each of us that we would allow God to mold us and to shape us and to form us again and again and again. This is what it means to have a Lord. One whom we follow. One whom we say, Lord, I am your servant. I am your disciple. Teach me. Guide me. Show me the way, Lord. But instead, we live most of our lives saying, yes, Jesus is Lord, but I'm in charge. I get to call the shots. I get to figure out who I love and who I don't. Yes, Jesus is Lord, but I'm going to hold on to a worldview and a narrative that robs other people of life because, well, it's one that I picked up 40 years ago, 5 years ago, 10 years ago. If Jesus is Lord, if Jesus is Lord, Then our lives need to be malleable. Our lives need to be able to be formed and shaped and pressed. We have to be made new. We have to be made new. So here's this exchange with Nicodemus Nicodemus is a Pharisee who's got his life figured out, he has ritual and routine. His mind has been well formed about who God is and what his role is in the world. And yet we see here at the beginning of the passage that something in Nicodemus is stirring. Something inside of Nicodemus is wrestling. Because he comes to Jesus at night. Certainly all day long, he's with the other Pharisees and they're talking about Jesus. Rumors are spreading about this one who's speaking about the kingdom in new ways, who's healing and teaching and including. Jesus is ruffling feathers. I wonder what it was like for Nicodemus to have this holy unrest inside of him, right? This burning in the belly as he stood there with other Pharisees and as they talked about how wrong Jesus was, about how he was perverting the teaching of the kingdom of God because they had it all figured out. And I wonder for Nicodemus if he was just a mess. Oh! I hear what you're saying and I want to cling to this story that I've clung to forever, but something inside of me is stirring. What we know is that Nicodemus waits till it's dark out. Most scholars believe it's so that Nicodemus can come in secret. He has to answer this internal wrestling. So he comes to Jesus. And what I love about this story is is that Nicodemus comes to Jesus wanting answers about Christ. Wanting to figure out who this one was. Wanting to know for certain if he was from God. No one can do these things apart from God. But the question behind that is, but are you from God? And how does Jesus respond? Jesus doesn't go into a lengthy defense of who he was. Rather, he points Nicodemus back to Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes wanting to know about Jesus. And Jesus points Nicodemus back to Nicodemus. You want to know the kingdom of God? You want to know the fullness of the mysteries of this kingdom? Well, then you, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. You need to be made new. Your mind needs to be renewed. Well, how is this possible after having grown old? Truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. You see, so often in life, I think we search for answers that are external to us. We look for purpose. We look for meaning externally. But God is asking us, is pointing us to the internal wrestling, the internal work that each of us has to do. The answers aren't always out there. Sometimes they're inside. What is it that you cling to? What is the narrative or the construct or the belief that you've clung to for quite a long time that might not actually be serving you well? Is it a voice of fear? I can't do this because, well, what if? Is it a voice of hatred? well, I don't like those people because I was taught or my grandfather or my mom. What is it that you cling to that needs to be made new, needs to go back in the womb, needs to be formed and shaped, and needs to be burst again with new perspective, with new life, with a renewed outlook? birthing anything is terrifying right the birth of a child is terrifying but it's the only way to new life when that child comes out it is it is chaotic and the first thing that child does gasping for air is wail crying crying There's always pain with new life. There's always pain with a new perspective. There's always tension when God makes something new. But I'm telling you, it's only in seeking newness and new life and new perspective and new hope again and again and again inside of ourselves that we can begin to see what God is really up to. See, I am making a new thing, says our God. God wants to create newness in you. God wants you to shake off the old story that isn't serving you well. God wants you to be brand new. And this is possible through the grace and love of Jesus. This is possible because Jesus came to be the newness our hearts long for. Jesus shows us again and again and again through water and the Spirit that as daughters and sons of the true living God, that we are new creatures. We are a new creation. So much of our liturgy and our life together is centered around this central belief. It's why we confess our sins every week. Not to just name how broken we are. We confess our sins. The thoughts and the actions and the feelings that live inside of us, we confess them before God so that forgiveness can be proclaimed, so that we can be made new. We come to the table every week as our true expression of who we really are, broken and frail, and we receive the body and blood of our Lord to be made new from the inside out, so that we can live again with our chin held high and our shoulders back. If you hear anything this morning, hear this. God has already declared you made new. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, Surely you are from God. Nobody can do these signs apart from God. And notice what Jesus said to him. Truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Nicodemus immediately goes into saying, how can anyone be born again without having grown old? I can't be born again. I can't be made new. Notice what Jesus said. Nobody can see the kingdom of God without being born again. What did Nicodemus say right before that? Nobody can do these signs you do apart from the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, you see it. Nicodemus, you are new. You see it. It's right there in front of you. You see the signs. What I say to you is this. You are made new. But Nicodemus doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe it. You are made new. Even if those voices in your mind say, no, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm going to fall into the same sin again. I'm going to fall into the same trap again. I'm going to keep living with this story because it's comfortable or easy. Jesus says, you've seen the kingdom. You've seen the kingdom. Live in that story. Live in that love. You are made new. Today, whether you feel like it or not, when you come up to this table and you receive the presence of our Lord, may you take that presence and may, may it do its work inside of you. And As you make your way back to your seat, May you know and may you trust that you are made new. That God is birthing you again. So shake off the old story. Live into the story of real life. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.